Being a pastor for all of two full months at this point, clearly I have everything all together, know exactly what I'm doing here at Christ the King. When the bishop calls me and says, hey, I think I'm gonna leave you at Christ the King. I know you've been there for a year, but it's time for you to be made a pastor and this is where I want you. I said, you know LSU's the biggest you know, campus in the state? He says, yeah. So you know there's 36,000 people on that campus? Absolutely. And you want me, I haven't been a priest for a full three years, you want me to be there and figure this out? He goes, yes, thanks so much for your yes. End of conversation. And you know, in that time frame, what I've realized is that day in and day out, I have to remind myself of something that's very important and that's exactly what the gospel is trying to get us to understand today. And that's that the work of evangelization has nothing to do with our own power. It is not up to us. It can't be up to us. If the Lord really did entrust every little bit of evangelization and spreading the gospel and building the church, if it was all left entirely up to us, it would be an absolute dumpster fire. And in many ways, you might look at the church and go, isn't it already kind of a dumpster fire? Well, yeah, because of human weakness. But thanks be to God, the Lord has not just thrown this at us and said, figure it out, good luck, I'll see you when I come back. No, the work of evangelization, the work of conversion of hearts is for the Lord. Now, yes, there's a caveat there that he invites us into it. Everything that we do through Christ the King on our campus is to spread the gospel and to build up the kingdom. And yes, to draw hearts into the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus. That is absolutely true. If ever we lose sight of that, then we might as well just close the door, sell the building and go home. But the work of conversion of hearts is up to the Lord. Now, what does that have to do with the gospel we tend to get very envious when it comes to grace and salvation, don't we? Lord, I've lived my life for 10 years, 15 years, 70 years as a faithful Catholic, and this person who just all of a sudden shows up on their deathbed getting the sacraments, they get to go to heaven just like I hope to? Yes, they absolutely do. It's not about working our way to salvation. We cannot earn it for ourselves. We don't get to merit anything for ourselves. The Lord in his mercy, the Lord in his grace so deeply desires the freedom of sin from sin for each and every one of us that he will do anything necessary. Everything and anything that is necessary to win hearts for himself, to yet again conquer death, yet again dispel the enemy, yet again be able to draw people into himself. The work of conversion of hearts is for Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. That's why we don't just get to wake up in the morning, come meet in our staff at Christ the King and say, okay, what are we gonna do today to save the world? If we did that, again, dumpster fire, disaster, nothing would get accomplished. But we tend to think that I've done all of these things. I've done this, I've done that, I've done this other thing, and yet, Lord, it's not bearing fruit. So why is it fair that this other church gets to do that? This other priest does this, this other staff, these other people, they're bearing fruit. So what is it that I am doing wrong? And the Lord looks at us and says, it has nothing to do with you doing anything. You can do as much as you want. You can work all hot 12 hours in the vineyard if you want, like the people in the gospel. But if you're doing and doing and doing and not focusing on just being a beloved son, a beloved daughter of God most high, if you're just trying to do it and work and make it happen and not drawing close to my heart, he says, you're not going to do anything good, really. That's why these people at the very end, why do you stand idle all day? The vineyard owner asked these people. And notice what they said. They didn't say, well, we didn't feel like working. They didn't say, we're just bored. We took a nap and now we're just gonna kind of wander around. 
They're standing there idle and they said, we haven't done anything. We stand here idle because no one has hired us. They are open to working. They are open to being called. They're open to that invitation. So when someone takes that invitation and says yes to the Lord Jesus, whether it's on our terms or not, we should praise God. We should praise the Lord that He is the one with the grace that makes it happen. That He is the one with the heart that is so deeply burning intensely with love for them and that all of heaven and earth rejoices when they say yes to Him. We should rejoice as well. Do we get impatient and envious sometimes? Absolutely. Our church is full every Sunday with students and families and visitors alike, many like yourself. And still it's easy to look down the road, well, this parish does all of this. This non-denominational church does all of that. This group, this entity, this whatever, they do all of these things. And the Lord says, look at what I have called you to do. Look at how I have worked wonders for you, how I have freed you, how I have healed you. Look at what I do for you. And don't worry about comparing yourselves to other people. Could you imagine, could you imagine what the world would look like, what the church would look like if we actually had that mindset of loving the Lord above all else? Not worrying about what so-and-so is doing over here and what such-and-such is accomplishing over there, but saying, Lord, yeah, my life is imperfect, but look at all of these wonderful things that you've done for me. Thank you for that. Thank you for calling me into this relationship with you. It would change our hearts, and when we change our hearts truly, brothers and sisters, that's how we change the world. That's how we change a church parish. That's how we change a campus. That's how we change our family. It's ultimately the work of God, but the work of God cannot be done if we don't let it happen. Are you envious because I'm generous, the Lord says? Are you mad because my love knows no bounds? Are you angry with me because you've spent all of your life loving me in a very particular and unique way, but then these people over here just show up and receive the same love? Are you really mad at that? Seems kind of silly, really, when you break it down. So why do we do it? I challenge you with this. If you want to see the Lord's presence in your life, if you really want to see what the Lord is doing for you, then be thankful. Be grateful. Practice that real virtue of being thankful and grateful because what that means is not just thank you Jesus for my friends and my family You should be thankful for them. At least I hope you're thankful for your friends and your family But when I say be thankful be thankful for every last little silly thing that you find in your life Thank you Jesus that I woke up and put clean clothes on this morning Thank you that my car has air conditioning Thank you that there is an air-conditioned church to take a little break from the heat while I'm tailgating today. Thank you for every little thing. Because when we see that, brothers and sisters, we know that the Lord has not just abandoned us and said, okay, when you behave yourself, then I'll bless you. He says, no, every little thing I want for you, for your good, for your holiness, for your virtue, so that you know me. And when we see him, we follow after him, we thank him for that. Then we see his presence in and out, day to day of our lives. His hand at work in the ebb and flow of everything that we do. And when we see that, where else can we go? When you see the Lord right in front of you, where else can you really go? Like Peter in the gospel. Lord, where else are we supposed to go? You have the words of eternal life. You're the one raising the dead and preaching and feeding thousands of people with a couple loaves of bread. You're the one doing all of these different things. So where else am I supposed to go? Really? Pose it that way and how silly we feel sometimes. And yet there's no reason because the Lord looks at you right now and he says, thank you, number one, for being at Mass. 
You could be a million different places right now and you come to encounter him. He looks at you and he says, thank you for choosing me, for receiving my love, my grace. Do you do it perfectly? No. If you do, let me know the secret, please, to doing this perfectly. But he looks at you and he says, I have so many good things for you. Continue to choose me. Continue to open yourself to my grace and just watch. Just watch the healing. Just watch the souls that are one for me. The work of salvation, the work of conversion of hearts is not ours. The Lord, thanks be to God, invites us into it, but it's ultimately for him. He loves, he creates, he heals, he calls, he converts, and it's up to us to say yes to that mission, to say yes to him, to say yes to taking a step back from our own expectations and then following after him. Is it easy? No. In no way, shape, or form is it easy. Is it always fun? Not all the time. But is it life-giving? Is it worth it? Is it transforming? Is it healing? Is it joyful? Yes, it is. So continue to say yes. Continue to be grateful. Continue to no longer compare yourselves to other people, but only to the sacred heart of our Lord. How can I love you more? How can I say yes to you more? Lord, whatever it is that I need to rejoice in, let it be done. His is the work of salvation. His is the work of love. And how blessed, how blessed truly we are to be able to be called into that and to say yes. Thank you for listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. The ministry here is possible thanks to our generous supporters. If you would like to become a CTK Golden Giver or learn more, please check our website. Your monthly support of $10, $25, or more reaches hearts across LSU's campus and beyond. Details can be found on the website at www.ctklsu.org.